They came in the middle of the night, took me in my bed, and put Jackie Spikes in my pee pee hole. They told me not to tell anybody and gave me a lollipop and sent me back. And that was Scott's childhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of Scott and Liam vs. Evil. And this week we are delving into aliens. Up to up to aliens. Up to aliens, aye. Well, they're coming to us, we're going to them. A bit of both. Mm-hmm. We'll be discussing uh, 1979's classic Alien. And we'll also be discussing uh, the fourth kind from 2009 with Mila Resident Evil Jovovich. Well, where you start with that one then? You start with that one. Yep, I'm cool with that. Uh, fourth kind. Uh, the, the name of the fourth kind. I like to. I mean, she says this later on in the movie, but I like to um, look up what the fourth kind actually means. And there's five kinds of alien encounter. First kind is when you see a UFO within 150 meters. Second kind is when a UFO leaves evidence, like scorch marks on the ground or even crop circles. Third kind uh, is when beings are visible inside the craft. The fourth kind is when a human being is taken on board uh, an extraterrestrial spacecraft. And the fifth kind, which they don't mention in this movie but it does exist, is when direct two-way communication between humans and aliens happens. Now, I've never actually seen it's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I don't know if that's me committing like movie buff suicide right, here. Pretty but much as I... From the clips I've seen and from the whole like, kind of <laughs> that looks like communication back and forth from the person on the ground to the spaceship so that surely is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind if they are talking back Maybe and forth with tune. so Spielberg you've got a lot to answer for here with your inaccurate facts well, there's also a Sixth Kind and a Seventh Kind oh really? Why there don't is you Sixth Kind use? is the death of a human or an animal Associated cattle with mutilations. Cattle mutilations. Back to, episode, back to episode three, maybe, I think it was. Ah, fuck knows. <laughs> uh, and seventh kind, which is the creation of a human alien hybrid, either by sexual reproduction or by artificial scientific methods. Jaggy sticks up your pee pee hole. Fuck which me. is a bit like alien, which we're going to discuss. Yeah. Bit of fucking wild, man. Right, so um, the fourth kind, you, have you got a recent access you want to go in? Since the 1960s, a disproportionate number of the population in and around Nome, Alaska have gone missing. Despite FBI investigations, the disappearances remain a mystery. Dr Abigail Tyler, a psychologist, may be on the verge of blowing unsolved cases wide open when, during the course of treating her patients, she finds evidence of alien abductions. I've done a quick Google search and Dr Abigail Tyler is not real. <laughs> the whole movie is a fucking yeah. lie. <laughs> it says, uh, when they say it at the start and the end, uh, the director and Mila Jojovic comes on the screen and says what you choose to believe is up to you and this is clever put together work of fiction with the whole movie and uh, so we'll just choose to see it as a movie and not as anything else it's a bit of a roundabout like Blair Witch just comes out and says right we're found footage mm-hmm. that's it this comes out Mila Jovovich starts by saying I'm an actress yeah uh, so they've basically every scene in this film they've filmed twice with Mila Jovovich and, and unknown actors a slightly less good looking <laughs> other woman <laughs> who plays the real Abigail Tyler is obviously not real and it seems a bit wasted no, no see I thought I thought it was very very clever because I think putting it forward like that to try and say that it's a real movie is you'll fool a lot of the audience at least the first time round except anyone with basic functioning capabilities to use Google If you, I, I mean so if you're sitting in the cinema and you're watching it you could believe it's real I'm until you go I'm in the home. cinema all the time <laughs> oh, on you're, one, one, you're one of them <laughs> I, would, I remember I went to see the movie Apollo 18 have you seen that? No. oh yeah yeah. I mean, I was, and at the end of it it comes up and says how um, there's a base like that movie is a uh, spoiler alert that they went on the, uh, an 18th mission to the moon uh, when everybody believed they stopped at 17 that they go on and apparently rocks on the moon are actually aliens that kind of come to life and attack the, the astronauts and then at the end of it it says like throughout all the missions to the moon they've taken back 
moon rocks and then given them out to delegates all over the world and then said that like some of these have went missing trying to make you think that these are aliens that have been brought back to Earth. I was walking out of the cinema and two girls behind me were saying, were like speaking about it and saying, oh, that's crazy that the, the, the rocks went missing, isn't it? I mean, is that why they did stop going to the moon? And I'm walking out thinking, I, I need somewhere to smash my head. I need to bang my head off a brick wall right now because, you, I mean, that's that's your that's your general public. So, what cinema are we in? Oh, it'll be one in Glasgow. Oh, that makes sense. But that's, I mean, so at least a lot of the, the audience you would fill the first time around because it is done cleverly. <clears throat> It's made it as if it's a documentary. But did you leave Apollo 11 thinking, I can't believe Tom Hanks is, was in space? Apollo 13. Apollo 13, yeah, not Apollo 11. <laughs> so you didn't see Apollo 11 then? <laughs> the early one with Tom Hanks? Apollo 18. I'm talking about Tom Hanks. Was it Apollo 13? Was it Apollo 13? I mean, Apollo 11 went to the moon, landed on like, it and had a great time. Now, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that famous film with Tom Hanks. Or your space yeah. travel. I liked it. See, when I first watched it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Because I like shit. Mm. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. Upon kind of second watch and reading up on it, it's like, do you know what? There is a lot of it that should have annoyed me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. And I don't understand why not. Because there's a lot of creepy scenes in it. There's a lot of bits that I was watching kind of go, oh, fuck, man, that, that's, yeah. that's eerie. Well, I remember feeling that way when I watched it the first time round, but this time watching it again um, for this episode, I, I felt it was a bit of a letdown. I felt underwhelmed by most of it. I mean, I think there was a couple of bits that kind of gave me the chills, like you know, like the sweat and the bump of your feet. You need to pull them under the covers and that. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, it just wasn't how I remembered it. It feels a bit like a cheesy, like National Geographic documentary. It's aye. They live in fucking but fuck Alaska you need a, mm. to get a plane to get into this town you can't leave of course everybody's going to be fucking batshit crazy but that's the only basis in reality that people Towns have like been going missing and exist does gnome exist gnome exists yeah right. that's a lot of people were going missing and the FBI have actually sent more investigators to gnome than Man, they have what? to Barrow Alaska which is like three or four times the size the- or actually born of that my geography is as good as my Tom Hanks knowledge so they people didn't exist in a lot of full Universal Pictures for this movie created a website like with fake news stories from uh, the Gnome Nugget and different news stories but were then fined $20,000 uh, yeah, to right. pay to the Alaska Press Club and a for $2,500 contribution to a scholarship fund for some other corporation that's, about media that's peanuts to Universal Studios but just because they were kind of taking the plight, like the actual real plight of normal people going right, missing, people missing and going out to and, and just to make money on it. Mm-hmm. Which, if you then look at it, is a bit of shit, but obviously you don't know that until... You know, it's not going to say that at the start yeah, of the well, To use it in your marketing, you can probably make movies about real stories, but to use it in your marketing, I suppose, is, is where you kind of draw yeah, the where they found it. Thing. It's obviously the, not a big thing, because I mean, it's only a couple of thousand... Especially, there's a lot of families though, eh, daughters and sons and all that are actually missing. Yeah. So to have then a picture up where it goes, oh, it's maybe alien abduction. Yeah. From this fake psychiatrist. Because when I when I read that, I was like, oh shit, that would have annoyed me if I'd known about it before I watched the movie. See, you know at the start when they talk about the the they talk to her about um here come the spoilers guys uh, they talk to her about like her husband dying. Um, and obviously they reveal at the end what happened but when you see it at the start and she's regaling it that he gets stabbed the middle of the night and she's shouting at the police she never found his killer he never found his killer I'm like why is nobody arresting her you know mm-hmm. they never but obviously as you find out at the end of the movie they, they, they tell you why they don't arrest her because they have deduced at the end of the movie that he wasn't stabbed he shot himself he, he committed suicide but 
like to begin in the movie when she's just getting to kick about her business you're like, watching it thinking that's like it's, it's meant to be a twist reveal at the end but at the time when you're watching it you're like why like you're looking at it and you're the main you're the prime suspect in that yeah, you should be in jail as I was saying like uh, I've written here like she's quite annoying and I've written about the, not the not the doctor like who's meant to be the real doctor she was always annoying and kind of creepy she was more annoying this time around than, than creepy uh, but Mila Jojovic was like she's quite annoying this like there's there was a scene when she was trying to explain like how the terror or somebody felt and I was like and it was maybe the script it's maybe just I'm not sure entirely sure what her act, how good her acting actually is but I just didn't feel any sincerity in this particular scene and there's a scene at the end as well that I didn't feel any sincerity and she's like she's just kind of whispering saying it was the most fear I've ever seen anyone's eyes and she's like whispering it and like just say fucking shat yourself man just like st- I mean just change it up to be more normal is that on her though if she didn't write oh, the script that's the thing I don't know I thought Adam was good in this I thought I she was quite I, if she had just came out and said in fact if she just came out and said fuck all if she just came out and played the character then I suppose it wouldn't really be you wouldn't think it was real I just find it hard to get my head around why they went such a roundabout way why cast Mila Jovovich and other actors the big actors to film scenes that they're filming with lesser known actors to be like found footage why, why bother well, it was to create that idea of realism because if you just had the, the actor you could have seen through it straight away it was a different because it wasn't done before like that like to say like it was an actual recreation of a real life event it made you think that it was real until I know but as soon as you then find out it's not it's like well they've just fucking wasted time and money but it is unique in its, in its mm. storytelling it came out about the same time as Paranormal Activity, so it was kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. It's not like a popular film, when I think it wipes the floor with Paranormal Activity. Uh-huh. But I generally it's a much more enjoyable film. But I probably would agree with you on the uh, first time round. Second time round? I'm not so sure. Mm. See how when, I still like it's better in Paranormal Activity. See how, see how when, when, when our first guy, um, patient, kills himself after she puts him under hypnosis and the police phone him and say, you need to get down here, he's asking for you, get down here right now, and she hightails it down in like, the middle of the night. Did she just leave her kids alone in the house? Yeah. Like, because then, like, later on, her, her daughter gets abducted, so she serves a fucking right. Kate and Jerry are a testament to that. You don't leave your wains in the house. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> but I it's was true. not going to plunge to those depths, but you've done it, so that's happened. Yeah. No, but it's true, though, you don't leave your kids alone, no matter how much yeah, the police are shouting you. It's stupidity. But she has also gone through a bit of a mental breakdown, so does that explain why she's done that yeah it's maybe just to show that she's I mean, lost it, all inhibitions she's lost all natural intelligence yeah I suppose at that point the only way that anybody could go missing from that town is by some unknown force because you can't get in or out yes. without going on a plane um, then that obviously brings it back to the testament to people who actually have went missing so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was going to end that story there right you know how in that scene where um, he's like holding his wife hostage like mm-hmm. you can see him clearly through the window, right? And it's mm-hmm. cut between like the film footage and the and the like, the meant to be real life footage, and uh, you can hear the, the police talking. Get your guns on him. Get him ready. If you can take the shot, take it. He then turns around, shoots his wife in the face on the back of the head. Turns around and she takes two shots. Shoots somebody's shooting two kids. Then shoots himself in the head. That's about totally about five six seconds, and he's in a clear visible window. Not one of those snipes could have saved their kids. Mm-hmm. The police in Alaska are shit. Well, hear that Alaska police. <laughs> What is it? It's Fargo as well. They can't first, even... first you go after the McCanns, <laughs> then you go after Alaska Police. This episode has gone way well, downhill. you know, somebody needs to see it. Yeah. Really but maybe, I don't know, how, how quick your sniping capabilities? If I was a... Tra- if it's I was five, a... But it's five or six shots. Maybe they're shocked and, oh my God, he just shot her. But at that time, he shot the kids. 
and then shot himself. Is it meant to be like in a, in a I suppose you could look at a situation where it's a small town where stuff like never happens, so they're not, they're not really ready for it. You've had your training, but you know, but you, I you don't know doubt, how you actually do I highly it. doubt they train for that type of shit. Yeah. And also, if the kids have just watched the dad shoot the mum, maybe they just think, right, the kids are really <laughs> fucked <laughs> well, up. So. Aye, that's it, just die. I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the Alaska police force are quite brutal, aren't they? Maybe they read dicks and they went and they let it happen. Maybe, you don't know. You've not seen the report cards. Um, criticism I've got this week. You cannot hypnotise everybody. <laughs> you cannot hypnotise everybody. You can't just fucking just say, aye, okay, let's hypnotise, let's put you under. Five, four, three, two, if one. if you're going there, you've got kind of maybe mental health issues, you're maybe mentally vulnerable, and with mentally vulnerable people are obviously... No. Yeah. No, you can't. Hypnotism is completely different to being mentally vulnerable. But if, if you've not got a. I could go in there and go, no way are you going to hypnotise me and build up this mental wall that maybe she won't break through. I highly doubt I've got that power, but. <laughs> but maybe if you're kind of vulnerable or weak minded or partially just going with what people are saying, then. Aye, you're going to be, you're going to get hypnotised by it. I don't know. I, well, I don't have any training in, in hypnotherapy, but it just seems as if it was too convenient and too easy to put them under. The, do you know the doctor in it? That Elias Cotius, mm-hmm. the police doctor Campos, did you know who he was? Aye. <laughs> do you, I do, you? I genuinely do, because I, I looked him up as well recently and we've talked about him. He was in a, was he in a film that we just done an episode on? No, no, no. He was, in, he was in a film that we definitely watched growing up and he was probably the coolest guy. Oh, you need to tell me because it's got a... Casey fucking Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The guy in Hawkeye. That's not who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Where else was he? I don't know, just Casey fucking Jones. But you keep talking in a YMDB because he is he is fucking something else, man. This is so frustrating. What's his name again? Uh, Elias Cotes. Elias Cotes. Um, right, what I see is you know how like when he comes out the um the hypnotist and uh, he does some fake sick. That really annoys me in movies. Like fake see, sick. I like he's just like a mouthful of porridge or something, and they just go bleh, 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 and this dry lumpy stuff just hits the deck. You would just, you know, you would go method acting and take a wee spoon for Epicac and just get a proper good heave on. What, were we, what movie were we talking about recently where that happened? And you brought up that same point. <laughs> I, I can't remember, but there was, oh, it was uh, Hatchet, the boy proper, oh, yeah, proper, proper sex. sex. Yeah, proper sex. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it and I kind of wish I hadn't rewatched it and read up on it because it's maybe ruined my original enjoyment of the film. Uh, just to jump back to uh, Elias, he was in The Prophecy. So he, he was in a movie we talked about the other oh, week. He, he was the main cop. Um, he's also in a fucking pretty. He was Casey fucking Jones. Right, Casey Jones. Uh, I, I want to criticise the secretary's acting. When you know when they she used to transcribe the tape and like she ends up screaming re- it. The real air quotes secretary or mm. the actor. The actor secretary. secretary. The tape that you gave me. Did you listen to it? Like <laughs> fucking Well, did you? Because you <laughs> fucking might have been doing that well, you should have been learning your lines. The thing that I did like about it is see the owl imagery that they all seen an owl or, or somebody staring at them. See, when I remember watching this movie the first time, I remember that the owl eventually changes into a, an alien face. But I don't. This time I watched it, I didn't see that happen. Does that, does that happen in the movie? Am I no, I that think up? that's just in your head. So oh. there you go. The film works. Oh. A, a lot of people with visions or the, the dreams of aliens is always the eyes it's either a wolf staring at them or an owl or something else with piercing eyes I quite like that because I thought you know what one part of this film is based on reality the rest of it is all fucking made up well <laughs> if you're jumping ahead in the movie uh, the Sumerian stuff mm-hmm. it's potentially based on reality I don't like that I don't like the voice 
Well, actually, I was going to go back to that as well because the tape that um, like she says you to listen to, Imagine and it's got that, and, I, and uh, <laughs> the voice is like in there, like the voice is talking, and over she's and she's like, "That's not my voice." And of course, it's the your voice. You're screaming like a fucking linty in the background. You know, it's because of your voice. So is that an old broken Amstrad? No. Oh. <laughs> like, and then she's like, then she's going to like research stuff, and then she and then she says, uh, "And then I found exactly what I was looking for." Well, Melanie Jovovich walks to her desk, picks up the one book that's on top of the desk with a bookmark at the right page with a guy's phone number on it. Like, oh well, that's fucking convenient, isn't it? I just save a whole. Lot plot development there we're just saying that it was just already lying there on the desk our husband was researching it that's why it was on the desk see do you know I don't think this podcast is a good idea anymore because I just ruined movies for myself <laughs> I, 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 I'd I, always say that I was like a fourth kind thoroughly enjoyed it bought it in Blu-ray I put it down as one of no, obviously not any in my top like fucking 50 favourite films but as far as found footage goes I'd say it's up there in my favourite found footage films but the, until th- but the thing is um, I, it's not so much that when we do this podcast and we talk about it, we, we totally desk it where I tend to do it to pick up a lot of stuff that annoys me about them. But don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy the movie and I'll probably watch it again. Um, any movie that I dissect and, and, and pick up things that annoy me, it seems to be easier to be annoyed about something than it is to say, ah, oh, it was really good, you know? But see, I just say everything's good. And then I tell you why it's also shit, but in the same sense, I'll also tell you why that also makes it good. I think that's good though because, I mean, you can criticise the movie all you want, but I still enjoy it. I mean, I love watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have plenty of movies that I'll probably criticise in the future, but I still will enjoy watching them. I find it quite hard to find a movie with Mila Jovovich that I don't enjoy. I think she's a brilliant actress. Um, I wish this breaking the fourth wall thing, I think they should have left that out because then, like when it comes up, Mila Jovovich, actress at the bottom, you're like, oh, we fucking know that, come on. No, I think that I think that creates the the the, the illusion that it is a real story, like a true story. I think it's I I, I like that part to be honest with you. She do a bit. The whole thing is she's interviewing people who think they have get visions and dreams of them being abducted, and then shit starts happening. You don't actually see any aliens. Well, but see the scene where the the ships UFO. over the house. Oh, that's awful. That was oh, see, I liked that. I thought that was creepy. That was the one bit that got me. Like just. Not like fucking goosebumps, but going oh, I thought it was just too fucking... too fake looking, man. Oh, I see, I like but that. I've got, I've got here the criticism I've got here is uh, it takes you about an hour into the movie before you get a real scare. You know when the guy like levitates off the bed. The real footage version of that is uh, creepy because you can't really see what's going on because there's all that static over the top of it and he's he's floating back and forth it and he's screaming and his face is all contorted and that was quite scary. I thought. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the UFO bit was better. But then see after that scene. The cop comes in and says, "What are you talking about? What are you playing it?" And she's like, "There's something happening here. There's like, I don't think she says aliens, but she says there's something unexplainable happening here. Don't be daft. I'm like, there's four other people in that fucking room. <laughs> seen that guy levitate off the bed. You've got it on a camera. Who like, okay, it's static, but you can see clearly there's something hell going on here. Why is this guy just coming in here and like completely saying nothing and just uh, screaming at her? Because maybe he's part of the men in black. Possibly because then he arrests her, and I was like, it's fucking about time. <laughs> just kicking about fucking, just getting everybody killing themselves and that." Yeah, how uh, Well, I want to just say that when she gets uh, possessed um, or like taken over, and the voice comes through, and it does the distorted camera for at least about five minutes, and that, that's way strong. Yeah. It's not scary. You can't see a thing that's going on, and they're giving you kind of short words of the Sumerian language that doesn't really make much sense either. I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. It's when it comes on and it says, "I am God," and then it uh, ends. If you go on YouTube and type in fourth kind scariest scene, it's that scene. Whereas I thought it was just fucking mind numbing. Yeah, the voice was so horrible. Uh-huh. I don't. I didn't like. No, I don't like it. Don't like it. That's two thumbs down for you. Two thumbs down for that scene. Right, for that scene, eh? <laughs> um, 
but it comes to the end and then it says like this come back again and it says like what you choose to believe is yours to decide and I choose to believe that the story's bullshit like, it kind of tells you it's bullshit uh, by saying I know I know oh. and then I guess that's not the point it, it was an enjoyable movie but it's not a true story but the I'd rather they just done it with Mila Jovovich or the other actress and just done a movie I don't care if it's real or not put in the found footage looking scenes like with a UFO but just have it as one movie it tried to do too many things and I think it fell as much as I enjoyed it I still think it fell flat yeah on what it was trying to achieve yeah. so I would give it a 5 well, I'm I, sit in the fence. I'll give it a 7 Seven bold First watch, I watch, I would give it a seven, but I'm on the fence. That's too. a good point because it definitely was underwhelming the second time round. I'm on the fence, but am I on a real fence? I'm on an actor playing a fence. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Do you want to go now into Alien from 1979 1979. by Ridley Scott? Everyone's seen it. Well, it is... I, I've I've seen it as of a year ago. Everyone apart from Scott has seen it. Written by Dan O'Bannon, who also wrote. Total Recall and Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. which is on Netflix watch it a synopsis if anyone actually needs it after a space merchant vessel perceives an unknown transmission as a distress call the landing on the source planet finds one of the crew attacked by a mysterious life form continuing their journey back to Earth with the attacked crew having recovered and the critter deceased they soon realise that its life cycle has merely begun as a first virgin watcher of Alien what did you think? Uh, I th- no, I, th- I did think it was good. I likely that it, I've seen a lot of sections of it. I knew all about it. Um, I'm sure I've seen maybe one or two of the sequels over time, but I just had never, couldn't recall sitting down actually watching the original start to finish all yeah. the way through. So that was that was what it was my first time. I think. But uh, what I liked to begin with was um, the old computer screens. You know, when the spaceships firing up, it's like this old kind of sixteen bit computer screen. But they've built this big massive spaceship yeah. that can connect miles into deep space. That's good. It's the 70s, man. It's the 70s. <laughs> yeah. It was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as it's deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So it is a movie that's going to be there forever. Like, yeah. in 100 years, kids are going to be watching <laughs> Alien from the 70s with the shit computer graphics. <laughs> I think it's completely worthy. I really enjoy it as a film. Aye, aye, aye. It was good. It was good. Every, every alien space film after it is because of Alien. Mm-hmm. Everything is based on that, the way the ships look. Have you actually seen the inside of a spaceship? It looks fucking Well, that's like that. what I've wrote here. Like, do you ever wonder how long it takes to build fucking big spaceships like that? Like, have you ever seen the International Space Station? It's just like barrels just attached to each other. It doesn't look like can't fucking like... move. No. It makes me claustrophobic. See that YouTube video where the guy's making sort of like sound songs in space? Yeah. yeah I enjoy it. I, I, I think it'd be weird to be up there because like, there's no gravity, so like you don't know which way your job is going. It's like, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> it's not like that episode of the Red Dwarf. Everything goes backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver is obviously the star in it. She plays Ripley. She was relatively unknown before this. She was kind of, I think she was quite popular in theatre, but this was her first leading role and she is outstanding. Yeah, it's also it's a character. Yeah, is. it's also a, like a kick-ass strong female character back yeah. in the seventies as well. Which, if you look at, I mean, there's no like definite line of strong female characters that that go decrease and increase over time. But you know, for the most part, you had like Ripley at the start at the end of the seventies. There was a couple of strong female characters in in the kind of the eighties and different movies. And then it there's a, a trend in the nineties, I think, of of having damsel in distresses yeah. more so as they get, and it's still kind of now we're still trying to get back into having strong females although they've, they've always been there in certain films as it go I guess it's just more so um, male dominated she, she maybe spearheaded it though because mm, when I think of like dominant female characters in movies I think skinheads are going to weaver with a gun 
And her pants. And her... No. No? <laughs> is that, is that, is that, is that me being sexist? That's just, that's just you. <laughs> I think of a... <laughs> kicking ass. Kicking ass. And fully clothed. Kicking ass. Some people like that. <laughs> if you've seen it, there's a whole lot. I don't know if you all noticed that you probably did since you're a sex pest. <laughs> hey, not really. All the sexual overtones. Yeah. Everything in it is... Oh, the alien itself, which I enjoy, is really organic and biological looking. Like To me, that is what aliens would look like. See, like the alien craft and the eggs? That is what... But how, could they, how could they build a big spaceship if they're like slaving on another place and that? And, like... Just because they're slaving? What does that matter? <laughs> I just don't... I don't buy it. I slaver, I'm still... Intelligent enough that I can build like I don't I don't uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think they'd be able to build a spaceship. It's all very like the chestbuster scene, the famous chestbuster scene with John Hurt, young John Hurt, mm-hmm. who's outstanding as well. It comes out and it's it looks like a little penis for a mouth. I think, and I'm sure many others, maybe you, think it's it's as if they've turned it in their head. Like see with last house on the left and uh, what's that other one? The spit in your grave. In a lot of films, women are the vulnerable ones. Women are getting raped. This, it turns it on where this alien's just fucking mouth-raped a man. He's like just jumping up there just thinking in his wee pee-pee right into the guy's mouth. just going, oh, take it, oh yes, take it. And he's like banging it up against his tonsils and that proves you too. And then he throws out his... <laughs> what accent does this alien have? <laughs> he throws out his uh, space jazz and it lands on the floor and melts all the way through. And you think about it, you know that space jazz melts through like three levels of like complete steel flow on somebody's space boots? That so must give him, it must give him... <laughs> Like the, the the guy who's getting uh, given some serious head, it must give him fucking mega heartburn. I think. I, I don't. If it burnt through like, three <laughs> exactly. layers of fucking steel, I don't think he just gave him heartburn. I think it maybe will melt it through. Exactly. Well, he's still alive and kicking about until he gets raped from the inside out. But he does. He then he gives birth to this Reverse little <laughs> this little alien baby. It's all it's all so sexual. Even the big the main queen alien, it's got like a big phallic head. It just looks like a giant cock. She opens her mouth and a big erect penis just comes out the middle of it. <laughs> the whole film's about sex. Oh, even even when the guy who turns out to be a robot dies and he just like sprays his milky jizz blood on the, I, the guy's face. It's like a dirty space facial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the film is about sex and reproduction by non-consensual means, similar to Straw Dogs, I spit in a grave. And I think it plays really well on the male fear. People are disturbed by sex, but males mainly if somebody says to you I'm going to fuck you in the ass me personally I start to get a bit scared and seeing it on camera seeing an alien fuck a man to me that's terrifying I think aye, well, it's, it's like it's not it's, it's like saying that people, like obviously homosexual men fuck each other in the ass and it's, it's completely fine and they enjoy it I think it's the violation yeah that, it's like to the, me to, my, my door's an outdoor <laughs> not an indoor I don't, I don't care Unless sometimes when you're just having a bit of fun and you just like tickling yeah, it. Yeah, you just you, you, tickling your balls with your two fingers <laughs> and just put your pinky up there, you know. You can press on the edge and it's fine. <laughs> but you don't you don't ever penetrate it. And that is a bit of a fear that I think most men have. It's not a home a homophobic thing. It's just some men do have it. Some I think men I think don't. um a lot of females will have it as well. They don't want to be violated or but the poop shoot or I don't think they want to be violated at all. Yeah. And that's a thing that it's been done so much that it's actually Maybe it's put blinders on society that we see somebody raping a woman in a movie, we don't really react to it as much as we should. It's like, oh, that's terrible. But a guy getting raped, it's like, fucking hell, man. What's that about? Because, yeah, we are, because, it's, because it's now finally came down to our level when it's getting us. Aye. 
And that's there's a lot of societal issues could be raised. Up from just bailing, just bailing. Apart from the dirty space facial in the robot. Well, I want to, I want to, my points I've got to make are less uh, themes and, and like societal and more just straight up what I'm seeing <laughs> in the screen. And uh, I want to say uh, roll ups in a spaceship would that be allowed? I don't think so. No, because see when it lands, things start catching fire. Just say they open this one. <laughs> Things start catching fire just by a slight bump. Yeah. But if he's smoking. Exactly. Can I also say um, that guy that's smoking just kicking, casually kicking about in a wine shirt. Later on, we find out there's a cat on board, and then we find out it's his cat. I was like, is this Red Dwarf? Wait, is Lister based on him? It very well could be. Because, I mean, the spaceship looks very similar. Did you Hawaiian shirt, smoke. No, I just, I, I wrote it down tonight when I came in here. I bet you that is it, by the Hawaiian shirt, slob, smoking. Smuggling a cat on board. Yeah, that makes sense. What else have I written down here? Uh, I uh, when John Hart comes back to the dinner and he's like putting his like stir fried noodles or whatever they're eating on his plate, he's eating with a fucking spoon. He's eating like one noodle at a time. But oh, it's just so frustrating. Raped. He's just been raped by an alien. And don't get he's me a wrong. It's a massive spaceship. They definitely have fucked. Don't get me wrong though. If I've just been violated by an alien, the last thing I'm thinking of is what cutlery I should use to eat my fucking noodles. I'd what, I'd be thinking spoon of his epicat because he was raped in the face. <laughs> Here's a, here's a question. Can I just hear more of your, your views? <laughs> Continue. Here's a question. The incubation period of this alien is mega short. It grows to an adult in what? Hours? A couple of hours? Surely its lifespan would be like two or three days. Me wait that out. Unless it just shoots to an adult and then it's an adult for fucking like a, a thousand years. It's quite a long time to be an adult. <laughs> also, uh, why are you. If it's going to be just rape men, it's maybe building up energy. That's the thing, it's, it doesn't rape men, it's the, wee, it's the wee beasties that rape the men. They're the wee deviants. I was just thinking maybe the key to immortality was to go about rape men. Well, you keep it going, let me know how you go. That's <laughs> right. Um, why, why are air vents and stuff like that always big enough for people to climb through? How thick is the air in space? I don't think there was any air in space. I think not know movie fucking Tom Hanks fact. was in. So. Facts, man. The alien uh, is just a guy in a suit. <laughs> that's the first thing I've actually seen. Because I just watched it the other day, that's the first thing I've actually seen the uh, actual alien like scenes where it stands up, where its arms out and all that. <laughs> it's just a guy in a suit. It is, but I still think it's well done. Even now, watching it there with you, I still, it's impressive. Bear in mind, it's 1979. Aye, it was alright. I mean, because they're already classics and talked about wildly before we were even kind of born, and then it's years before we were even old enough to seek them out and watch them, that... All the spoil, everything was already. Yeah, you yeah. knew everything was happening. They weren't shocked about anything, but it'd be not. It would have been awesome to see that originally, like the different scenes that's in the movie, like the you know to see find out that he's a robot. You'd be like, what the fuck? They see the the chest burst that would have all been brand new, and it would have been scary. The guy in the suit's quite because he's tall and skinny. It doesn't really look like a normal guy. If it was just an an average man size, then or the alien. Aye, I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks alright. It looks good, but yeah, I mean, to see it like as actually like a human form with a different head and a big tail. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I, I don't know what I envisioned Daylight to look like, but it just looked a giant penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think most space movies give me a very claustrophobic feeling. See, well, if it's in a ship, or as I say, watching YouTube videos, I get very claustrophobic watching it. Aye, like I've got here that I'd love to go on like a Star Trek style mission, but films like this change my mind. It's like complete isolation, and oh, I'll just be like, fuck, fuck that, man. Definitely not. Why, uh, why do they spa- why do they build the spaceships and always have microphones in every room? You know, nobody's speaking into a microphone, nobody's pressing buttons to speak into a wee microphone. They're just shouting in the room and then she can hear it through the speakers in the other room. They just build microphones into all the walls. Bluetooth? The, so have you they... seen their computers? There's no way they get Bluetooth if they get these computers. Oh, that was sad. And then, spe- speaking of their crappy computers, they've got shy computers with a million buttons that fuck knows what all the buttons do, but they can make a fully realistic, self-aware robot. 
Mm-hmm. I rate. <laughs> I don't. I don't buy it. <laughs> so that's alien been ruined. See, on the wee computers you're talking about, there's one point that's like showing your wee mountain range, and it looks exactly like the Joy Division Unknown Pleasures album cover. Hmm. Is that was that out before alien? I've no, no, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So maybe that, maybe that was. What was it? I don't know. I don't. Know I should know. I've got tattooed my fucking chest. Uh, vape machine helmets, right? Uh-huh. Bear with me. At one point, we get a helmet. Uh-huh. At one point, we get a few helmets, and it keeps emitting like steam. Is this ahead of its time? Where rather than us all using vape pens or people that smoke, they could use a vape helmet. Is that how they smoke in space so they didn't catch fire? Pop me up. Bear in mind that when I rewatched this time, like, I was still in my banger. <laughs> so, Sp- uh, sp- speaking of that, have you got a wee. Uh, oh, I uh-huh. <laughs> have. you got a wee uh, haiku here? So, <laughs> in my, my head, my time, little, little head, I thought it would be good if you'd never seen the movie before or the movies we'll talk about in the future. If I happen to be drunk when I'm watching it or stoned or on painkillers because I seriously burnt my foot yesterday Uh, I'm going to come up with a haiku for the film so a haiku is five syllables seven syllables five syllables so it's (laughs) Chinese isn't it yeah uh, Japanese maybe Japanese maybe Maybe, maybe Chinese Asian so you can actually listen to this and then go back and see my syllables and see if I've got it right but are you ready for this I'm ready for this my alien haiku was Sigourney Weaver Face hugging, chest popping, bob. Current as a robot. Hey, so it's gonna be five seven five. Se go ne weaver five. Five. Face hugging, chest popping, bob. Current <laughs> as a robot. <laughs> Alien haiku. Alien haiku. I'm so if you've not seen it and you like the sound of that haiku, go watch it. And in the future, I'll do more haikus. Yeah. Send us, send us your haiku. <laughs> Um, no don't because if they're better men like, like, <laughs> we'll, I feel bad about we'll it. take credit for them uh, see at the end when um, she's going to set the blow the spaceship up uh, she's putting the bomb on like she's opening up even the bomb has got a fuck ton of buttons man to press like I don't, there's so much buttons in this it's like they couldn't invent what futuristic computers would look like so they just gave them a million buttons it's to confuse terrorists it looks like um, a in-car entertainment it looks like ice for your boot it looks like a subwoofer <laughs> Kicking Strathy Cruise with you. But then again, maybe that ice speaker is based on that. Maybe they went all based it in the bomb and alien. Absolutely, possibly. Um, So she sets this bomb thing off right and is ready to go. She's got 10 minutes to get uh, the hell out of Dodge. Then the car just starts spraying with steam. Like that surely is very impractical and it's got to disorientate you and make it difficult to get off the ship. It's got to depressurise. And then she comes running back in. (laughs) Don't just look at me like a (laughs) car. She comes running back in to, to stop the bomb off and she puts the fail safe on and she's pressing the button she's stopping it all off and then stop counting down <laughs> mother's a bitch mother was a bitch and then she gets out in a wee spaceship and that explosion would have knocked her shuttle off course that's where the film was meant to end she's meant to escape on Narcissus the escape ship but Ridley Scott then wrote in a scene where he thought she should come face to face with the alien and the alien would bite her head off and the producers and stuff went no the alien has to die so they increased the budget to film it over several days but she inevitably then kills the or sends him out into space fries him in engines as well for just good measure good effect Uh, have you seen Prometheus? no 
the Prometheus, obviously the prequel. And on Alien, when they go into the ship, there's like the big giant pilot yeah. guy who's dead. See when you when Alien first came out, when they looked at the eggs, were people expecting like those big pilot babies to come out? It was only after watching Prometheus I was like, oh shit, that is what's sitting in that chair. Yeah. So if I watched that again, not no, like if you'd never seen what Alien looked like, I'd be like, what the fuck's going to come out of those eggs? Like yeah. big giant humanoids. Do you think that's what they actually did think back in the seventies, or do you think? Am I just oh, am I just reading it now because of Prometheus? I possibly because you're reading it now. I think back then, in the, in the day that people just, I don't think people expected anything. They just. But she said, "Why the big pilots on the ship?" But they never explained. I know, it I know until, they don't really go in. It's just this Prometheus. big thing is dead. They just. But to me, it'd be like, oh my god, a big fucking humanoid baby's going to come out that. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because like, if you look at the the, the life of the the aliens, you need to you get these eggs. Then the facehuggers come out the eggs. They need to jump onto a host. They need to use the host to to then incubate to the bang the face. Yeah. Then they need then so then it grows the the alien baby who who comes out who grows into the big alien that we see that they fight uh-huh. who which who then grows lays the eggs to make more facehuggers. Is that how it works? Is it like a three way transition? There's a queen, I can't remember if that's that one. The, the queen lays the eggs to make the facehuggers yeah. to then make the aliens. It's quite convoluted, isn't it? Yeah. Quite difficult. At least we I just don't need know how difficult it is. At least our revolution is just straightforward. But maybe to them <laughs> we're just not doing it right what'd you give it? I'd give it fucking 9 I give it 8 so solid 8 phallic objects out of 10 it's a classic you've got to rate it as a movie like what it is and overall like from merchandise from the sequels from games Alien Isolation if you play video games Alien Isolation is fucking terrifying I don't play a lot of games I wish I did I try to, yeah. but as soon as I lose track, I don't go back to I it. I don't go back to the exact same. Uh, Alien Isolation is generally the first game I've played in a long time where I, I jumped it. I played it in the dark. And I, I jumped it any time it came out. I'd get it. scared and then I wouldn't play again. Like, that would stop me from playing it because if I'm controlling that is scared, what happens like... when you're a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> but since I have testicles, I played it <laughs> and I, I was fine with it. I got scared and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that wee rush. <laughs> I'll um, I'm a big ego. I I like to say like I don't have that game, but I've I had to play a bit yet before and I get stuck. Like I couldn't get through a couple of doors and I even met the alien, so I didn't know it was good. Was you did recommend me, so I'll get I'll get a go. <laughs> I'll get a go. Uh, alien, if you've not seen it, obviously it's a classic. Go watch yeah. it. It also has the sequels, Aliens, uh, Alien Three, Alien Three, Alien Resurrection, Alien Four Resurrection, Alien vs Predator, Alien vs Predator Requiem. And then the prequel Prometheus, which I went when to see in the cinema in Malaysia, and I fell asleep halfway through because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then there's the forgotten uh, spin-off sequel um, when Alien Met Predator. That's when they they go on a wee date around the city of New York <laughs> and they go for some ice cream. No. <laughs> and Alien rapes Predator. <laughs> Alien rapes Predator. And he uh, kind of four four tiered meter. And he just gets you know. Who do you think would actually win if you ignore Alien vs Predator? Who, alien who would and win? Predator. Who alien would win? Predator. Predator. Yeah. You see, you're it's saying like, that like it's a given. It's a, it's a thinking being that can make itself invisible. Yeah, that's and it's cool. But, but alien, alien is just a guy. Alien can reproduce like fucking crazy. So ah, uh, uh, well, you didn't say aliens. You just said alien. Right. No, but aliens come out of alien. Right. So if there's if there's lots of aliens, then uh, maybe they would win over Predator. Is that what happens in the movie? 
No, it's like a, a fucking game I'm where they're against each other and then, the, then they fight the, the humans and then yeah. they're pals in the end. It's, actually, stream. it's actually quite impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite a good film. I think I've seen that one before. They find the old weapons in the tomb yeah. or something. I and then they like, don't touch it and he touches it and then oh, right. shit, it's a fire. They always fucking touch it, don't they? I know. Yeah, maybe keep your fingers and your hands to yourself <laughs> if something looks like it shouldn't be touched don't, don't, don't touch, touch it, it. So like that guy in the museum that was uh, touching the clock you see that no. big old priceless like old ancient clock and he's like pulling it to try and make it work and it falls after one smashes Where is it's got on CCTV in some, some boring clock museum somewhere what I did see what I did see is there was a Lego museum in like, China <laughs> <laughs> built Whatever it was, fifteen thousand dollars sculpture. A kid walked up and pushed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Wayne's man, fucking Wayne's. <laughs> so, have you watched anything on Netflix this week? I just uh, showed you Danger Five. Oh, it's actually I tried to watch Danger Five the first time you recommended it to me, and I never really gave it a chance. But the like five minutes we just watched there was quite funny. I definitely would sit and watch that drinking, like yeah. that, like and get steaming, and but it would be but it would be brilliant. It's been on for a while. It's called Danger Five. It's like a set in the kind of 70s, badly dubbed. It's about a group of special agents that have to kill Hitler. Their leader is a man with a, the head of an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. If, you, if you're if yeah. you that kind of way inclined, if you're, you've got the mentality of us, you will thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, you'll know straight away whether it's for you or if it's, if it's not for you, it's pretty in the middle I think uh, I haven't really watched anything I'm still watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt I'm on the second season because you recommended to me it's quite funny it's quite funny that, uh, there's a couple of things that kind of annoy me like through it it's a bit stupid but um, it's it's enjoyable I've been watching it um, especially when I didn't think you would actually enjoy it no I've the, the steam tune I hated it the first time it's so good cannot get it out of my head every morning I wake up fucking singing Unbreakable <laughs> she's alive damn it <laughs> um, but I think my standout characters is definitely Lillian she's brilliant and uh, she's the granny from the Adams Family uh, and she's the fairy and Scrooged yeah and um, Titus is brilliant Titus is brilliant Titus Andromedon and also we've just noticed this came up if you're into wrestling is the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts I was mad on the wrestling when I was growing up I was not because I was a uh, normal Bob and his brother so me and my brother would always play wrestling and Jake the Snake was one of my favourites I actually bought this on iTunes a few weeks ago because I couldn't find it anywhere and I watched it on a Saturday morning in my pants and I'm not afraid to admit that I shed a tear out your penis? no no <laughs> not that morning <laughs> out of my eyes I genuinely found it quite moving uh, and I if you like wrestling if you're aware of Jake Snake Roberts it's worth a watch I am not aware and I probably won't watch that but that's not a testament to say that it's good or not well okay <laughs> so give that a watch yeah. now finally, finally arriving at the men in black we've been talking about this for since, since like episode one I think almost and we've been researching it so we've finally got something together to so share In the deepest of the darkest night, on the horizon, bright light, in a sight tight. Can't zoom on the impending doom, but then it's like boom, black suits fill the room up with the quickness, talk with the witness. 
hypnotizer, neuralizer, vivid memories turn to fantasies. Ain't no MIBs, can I please? Do what we say, that's the way we kick it, you know what I mean? See my noisy cricket get wicked on ya. We're your first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. So don't fear us, cheer us, if you ever get near us, don't jeer us with the fearless MIBs, freezing up all the flag. What's that stand for? The men in black. Everyone knows the movie and the sequels, uh, so when I started to come across YouTube videos and articles online for the real Men in Black, I thought, okay, some kind of follow-up from the movie, uh, people taking what they'd seen in development in a real-life conspiracy. I delved a bit deeper, and it took me approximately five minutes to find out that the movies are based on the phenomenon and not the other way around. The Men in Black are real, or so many would attest to, and here we'll go through a few cases and discuss a few theories on the Men in Black. It all began in 1945 in Bridgeport, Connecticut with a man named Albert Bender. Brilliant name. Yeah. <laughs> it began when a squadron of Avenger-class aircraft vanished on December 5th, 1945 and also the disappearance of the rescue flights and Mariner boat in an area that is now known as the Bermuda Triangle. This strange happening caught the attention of the 23-year-old Albert Bender who became increasingly obsessed with all things paranormal. He spent all of his time in his attic researching the paranormal, the occult, black magic and anything otherworldly and most likely masturbating profusely. <laughs> he painted the walls of his attic with semen, grotesque <laughs> monsters and developed a reputation around town as a, a little strange. That's kind of what your man cave's going to look like, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, he did develop a solid network of UFO devotees from all over the world, uh, the UK and Australia mainly, and they followed him because he started the International Flying Saucer Bureau, uh, abbreviated to the IFSB, and he also published his own magazine that he called Space Review. On a summer's evening in July 1952, a few months after the creation of the IFSB, the telephone in Albert's house rang. Being the only one home, Albert answered the phone. No one spoke, but Albert was certain there was someone or something on the other line. Albert's head began to throb, he hung up the phone and had to go to bed. A few days later, returning home at night, Albert crept through his house while his stepfather slept. On approaching his attic, he could see a light emanating from the doorframe. Throwing the door open, Albert was struck with a bright light and the smell of burning sulphur. The light vanished and upon looking into the attic, Albert, who had just suffered from OCD, could tell someone had been rifling through his UFO files. Strange instances continued to occur for Albert. He became paranoid and constantly sensed that he was being watched, which was then followed by headaches and feelings of nausea. In 1953, Albert was visited by three men dressed in dark suits. The three men informed Albert about the truth about UFO presence within our world, but warned him in hushed but stern tones never to reveal the truth. Albert heeded this warning, and in October 1953, he shocked his followers by closing the doors on the IFSB with the statement that was issued in the last issue of Space Review. We would like to print the full story in Space Review, but due to the nature of the information, we are sorry that we have been advised in the negative. We advise those engaged in saucer work to please be very cautious. From this, the legend of the Men in Black was born. The Men in Black had been reported several times over the next few years, notably by Gray Barker and later by Brad Steger. Over the years, the FBI had been linked to the MIB. J. Edgar Hoover had written letters taking an interest to distance the FBI from the Men in Black, stating they were not investigating any UFO activity, nor were they responsible for the Men in Black visits. Just exactly what you'd expect the FBI to say. If we jump forward to the 1960s, we have a Man in Black captured in a photograph. Scott showed me this photo, we'll maybe put it up. It's fucking nonsense. It is a Man in Black though. <laughs> in 1968, Timothy Green Beckley took a photograph of a Man in Black. 
He was working an investigation with a man named Jim Mosley when a husband and a wife, Jack and Mary Robertson, were experiencing strange phenomena akin to those reported about the men in black in the past. They were experiencing strange phone calls with no one on the other end and intense feelings of being watched. Mary, a claimed psychic, informed Timothy and Jim that a man was watching into her house from the other side of the street and that she'd seen him several times. Tim and Jim, a fucking buddy cop movie, <laughs> hot-footed along to Mary's house and as they drove up the street, there he was, the man in black, standing back in an alcove standing across the street, dressed all in black, wearing sunglasses and a trilby hat. To give a proper description, but an almost silly resemblance, they look a little bit like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Timothy leaned out the car and snapped a picture before Jim drove around the corner to find a parking space. They quickly got out and raced back around the corner, but the man had vanished. A theory was born that if you got on their case, they will fuck off. I wouldn't recommend you try it though. See if he wanted to be inconspicuous. If I've done you about the men in black, why don't you just turn up well, like a green suit? Not, well, <laughs> only a couple of people really knew about it. There was only people in the know that knew about them then. In the know or yeah. fucking crazy. But I wonder how long it takes them to find a parking space. I mean, was it like a Tesco car park they, they get parked in or what? Uh, hey, I'm making jokes <laughs> of myself here so you can't get them in. <laughs> uh, men in black have continued to appear throughout history as subjects of paranormal activity. The men in black were seen, as we mentioned last week, at the Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant. There have even been reports of men in black at Loch Ness for those investigating Nessie. One sinister case happened in the evening of September 11th, 1976. Dr Herbert Hopkins of Orchard Beach, Maine, opened the door to his home to a man in black. A year earlier, Hopkins, working with his, within his expertise in the field of hypnosis, began regression therapy to an alien abductee named David Stevens, which is quite similar to the fourth kind, really. Uh-huh. That's going on that movie. Uh, David, who lived in Maine, experienced lost time after witnessing aerial lights in the sky while driving alone one night. David would begin to recall details of what happened during his lost time. One night, Dr Hopkins' telephone rang and a man claiming to be from the New Jersey UFO Research Department There is no New Jersey No, no, there is no New Jersey UFO <laughs> Research Department <laughs> Sneaky men black man Asked to speak with Dr Hopkins in person to discuss his findings Dr Hopkins, who was unaware of the false identity, invited the man over In the time it took to hang up the phone and walk to put on the porch light The man in black was already walking up the driveway There were no cell phones in those days, obviously And there was no payphone in the vicinity Strangely, Hopkins opened the door and let the man in without question, which has been suspected by some that men in black can manipulate your mind. The man asked Hopkins to take out the two coins that were in his trouser pocket. How did he know? How did he know? How did he know? The man then made one coin dematerialise in front of the doctor's eyes. He's a magician. (laughs) These days he'd be on like Britain's Got Talent. Probably still dressed all in black. The men in black then threatened that that coin no longer exists anywhere in space or time. If you continue with your research... What happened to the coin will happen to your heart. Uh, fuck that, man. I'm out of here. I just, I just like, here, take my books, take my UFO files out and go. See, I've got a weird like, phobia about my heart. See, if I think about my heart beating, I feel it's about to stop. So if you just said that, man, I'd be like, no, get out of my house, man. Is it being now? Uh, no. <laughs> the men in black continue to make paranormal headlines and be the subject of research and debate. So much so that in 1997, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith teamed up for the buddy comedy Men in Black. Fucking outstanding film. Yeah, it was really, really good. I have actually really fancy watching it since I've been since I was writing this out. <laughs> it was based on a comics book series of the same name, and ultimately inspired by the real life phenomenon. In the comic series, the subject matter is a lot darker. Perhaps in light of the movie's family-friendly memory-erasing flashbang device, the comic has disappearing hearts and menacing phone calls. The comic version of the movie would be a sweet horror. 
I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be pretty awesome to watch. How's your heart going? Boom, boom. I know, that's alright, we're good. Boom, boom. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a full conspiracy theorist, you could look at uh, the hit comedy movie Made by Hollywood, a place where a lot of Illuminati players hang out, is directly intended to make fun of the real men in black, to acknowledge their existence by making them comedy heroes, saving us from the scum of the universe. Kind of how the American government make their armed forces think they are doing good by shooting people for oil. Positive spin, positive spin. Look this way, look left hand, well the right hand slaps you. You know what I mean? Like just like saying like look, look this is exists, this is real, but actually not taking your attention away from the actual man. Yeah, what is really happening? I bet you Will Smith's actually a part of it. Aye. Is he a Scientologist? No, he, uh, I don't know. He is under the thumb of Judith Pinkett Smith because that's why he took the role in Men in Black because she told it me. Fair enough. Worked out well. For so, him. so why didn't he go to the Oscars? Ah well, <laughs> you can find an interview on YouTube fairly easily in which Dan Aykroyd discusses his Men in Black experience. He was in the middle of filming a paranormal documentary series for the Sci-Fi Channel. He was contracted in 2002 to produce a series on UFOs called Out There. Eight episodes were filmed. In the video, Dan Aykroyd describes how his sci-fi television series Out There was abruptly cancelled without explanation only hours after his bizarre encounter with a menacing looking man who emerged from a black sedan on a New York street. The men in the car and the vehicle, according to Aykroyd, practically vanished in front of his eyes as he took a smoke break during taping of the final episode of the show. The show was cancelled two hours later and no episodes have ever been aired. You can find a four minute segment where he discusses this encounter and also a full documentary about UFOs. He's outside and he's saying that he's on the phone to Britney Spears and she's she's, uh, saying to him, wanting to make him on do a Saturday Night Live sketch and he said he looks up he looks over and he sees um, the car the guy coming out and giving him a dirty look he turns back he's like I sure Brittany no problem looks back again that quick and it's gone that's what he says mm. the video begins with a sentence basically saying that Dan Aykroyd has a lot to lose so why would he be making this up so you think fuck yeah he must be telling the truth but then you do remember that he's an actor and a comedian heavily involved with Saturday Night Live skits and whatnot. it could all be bullshit the only thing pertaining to the video's truth is that there is no punchline. Yeah, there's no, it just finishes as saying that that is the truth. There's, there's no joke behind it. Like, it doesn't come out and say that it's all fake. So, you know. I do. I, I like Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. I'd like to believe he's telling the truth. I don't think Dan Aykroyd could lie. No, I don't think he would lie either. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did say that um, he's seen the new Ghostbusters movie and it's better than the originals. Really? So you make your own mind up. <laughs> in fact, Dan Aykroyd was in Blues Bros. The Men in Black, Blues Bros. Fucking all Dan links. Aykroyd's part of it. Hollywood Illuminati it's all in there fucking it's all Dan Aykroyd right a celebrity that I'm fond of is ex- <laughs> is ex Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLong. for as long as I've been a fan it's been public knowledge that Tom's into UFOs and it's discussed in both of the Blink DVD documentaries and in the second DVD he goes into detail about all his investigations the private government testimonies that he has and I'm assuming he's obtained these black market style he's got um, videos of, of high up government officials testifying um, you know guys with top security clearance uh, testifying the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrial life he uh, just tells one story about a guy who goes into the Pentagon speaks to his boss and his boss takes him in an elevator and they go down uh, they travel down for about 5-10 minutes like of constant going down they come out this um, elevator into a corridor which they got on a golf buggy and then they drive for like 15 minutes just straight along a corridor so then he goes in through a selection of doors to eventually goes into a room and sees if I'm remembering correctly it's a, a, an alien body on a table and he sees the boy says that he just felt every human emotion just expel him all at once and then the boy says to him, like, before he opens the door, apparently the, his boss says everything you know is about to change and he opens the door and like, he's saying that these guys who are able to track their military careers they're real 
people have uh, there's videos of him testifying this existence um, and he's recently published a book and has filmed a documentary all about the government's use of UFO technology in advancing Earth's military vehicles and it's called Secret Machines why is this man not being visited by men in black he's not doing anything in secret you know maybe because they know he's just tall shit well that's well, you need to look at the men in black then and say let's move on to the theories if you look at the first most, most obvious theory mental illness Let's direct this theory towards our Men in Black originator, Albert Bender. We already mentioned that he lived with OCD, being aware of the slightest change in his working files, but to immediately think that some outside force is meddling in his business, well, that's just straight up paranoia. Right. Bender was of a paranoid nature, but he also liked to have the attention on him. Having brought UFO study to the forefront with the IFSB, which sounds like some sort of arable bill, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was making waves in, at that time, an empty pool. Bender was an obsessive-compulsive, he was deathly afraid of developing cancer and spent his time hanging out in his stepfather's dimly lit attic. He was prone to migraines which brought with it uh, light sensitivity. Um, this has been known uh, to also bring on olfactory hallucinations which is like could be explained him smelling the sulphur in the air. Dizzy spells are also attributed to headaches, so lying down during these spells could have put him in kind of a half dream-like state where your focus in the living world spills throughout your unconscious and into your dreams. Um, you spend a lot of time looking up Men in Black so I mean that could be manifesting into these kind of lucid dreams it's like the time that I thought I was in Lost and couldn't go off the island 15 minutes it took me to come round after I woke up man I just could not shake it <laughs> he may have dreamt his encounter like Scott or he may very well have been visited by a serious looking man in a black suit but exaggerated it in such a way that it became a fascinating over the top melodrama that spawned a legend Bender didn't want to fade away into nothing so he decided to go out in a blaze of glory. He quit the magazine and IFSB with a claim of a visit from the Men in Black. Cue hysteria. Let's move on to another blatant theory. Hoaxes. An author by the name of Gray Barker continued the work of the IFSB um, and continued Albert Bender's work. He also worked with John Keel, who penned the Mothman Prophecies uh, book. Both these gentlemen appeared to believe the stories they told. But exact, that's exactly what they were, stories. Barker in particular was a storyteller. He would recount the activities in a large, fantastical fashion with the imagination of a, like a child. Bottom line facts may have been based in reality, but the filler around the story was far from true. Barker also liked to create buzz and stir the pot when the kind of UFO scene was dying down or was, like, people were forgetting about it. It's also reported that uh, Barker liked to wind up uh, Keel, who was essentially more gullible in his beliefs. So what can you believe when the sources of the stories are changing up for dramatic effect? The most realistic theory for me has to be that men in black encounters, at least some of them, are simply encounters of men from some gov government agency, be it the FBI in the States or from the RAF here in the UK. Always an assumption for years, but thanks to the Freedom of Information Acts and the classification of documents, albeit documents that are released quietly, a few cases can be proven. Namely, the case of Joseph Perry, a photographer who captured something otherworldly in 1960. Declassified files show that his Man in Black experience was none more extraterrestrial than a visit from the FBI, whom essentially stole his photograph to examine it. It was concluded within the files that the photograph was nothing more than a fault with a negative strip. In the UK, the case of Anne Henson, who witnessed a UFO in Somerset in 1962, a mysterious man in black visited her on several nights trying to see the lights in the sky. On the third night he saw, he took photographs and also took Anne's notes and drawings of the UFO. She never ever seen them again. The man told her to never speak of what she saw, to not tell her friends as they would laugh at her. So, as most kids in those days, she did as she was told. 
A file was released confirmed that she was visited by Sergeant J.W. Scott, an employee of the British Royal Air Force's Elite Provost and Security Services, whose work revolved around espionage, counter-espionage, disinformation and deception-based programmes. Back in the 60s, fast sharing of information and the ability to convincingly fake evidence wasn't at all as common as today's internet world. Someone's seen a UFO, the government wants to make sure it's not Russia. People are strange. It's also possible that some UFOlogists will create their own made-up men in black stories to seem relevant, uh, to gain the 60s equivalent of Instagram likes. You know, like, uh, oh, my UFO was real, the men in black came and visited me, uh, honestly. And research it, you'll find that each different visit by men in black, there's some differences in it. They all wear black suits, but some are bald, some have got lipstick on, some have got crazy wigs. Some are Will Smith. Some are Will Smith. There's no, um, there's no hard and fast through every, every uh, witness. It's also possible that some men in black uh, who have been witnessed at UFO conventions and gatherings could simply be uh, an early form of cosplay, becoming so engrossed in the world that you want to become part of it. Well, that's why I'm hunting for the right pair of cowboy boots, Rick Grimes. <laughs> Shoehorn that walking <laughs> dead into this bastard. People are strange. <laughs> men in black may be a big convoluted, exaggerated tale woven by many weavers, but one thing that I'm definitely certain of, we're not alone in the universe. We're not... But I don't think there's men dressed in black going about. I think I think if they thought you knew anything, then you'd be taken away. You wouldn't even get a chance to say someone visited you. They wouldn't come and say, right, don't tell them this. Yeah. But on you go. The the like there's no there's not really any seem to be followed up any threats the any kind of threats that I read about that was made that people died of like heart attacks like nine years later so it's not really the same thing yeah. um there's some most of the information uh, or just references uh, most of the information I got from reading uh, Nick Redfern's book The Real Men in Black and it's a it's a really good read um and it's good part one tells you all the case studies and part two goes through all the different theories so it's well written and not in the way that the book saying these guys exist there's given options and potential theories and it is very interesting um, and obviously everything else through the internet world you can find loads of YouTube uh, documentaries on Men in Black and, but with that as well comes hoaxes and nonsense there's so yeah. much garbage out there that uh, I mean that might be why there's le- that might actually be why there's less Men in Black visits these days because there's so much garbage it's so filtered and it's so much it is definitely fake that they don't need to come out and warn people off because people you know the truth is in there somewhere the truth is out there but it's filtered between all of this absolute immense photoshop crap but definitely I mean think of how massive the universe is there's definitely other life it might be the same level as us you know I'd I'd like to think if there's life out there they're way more advanced than us but you don't know they Mm. could be they could be less advanced than us could be still in the stone age wherever they are you never know you're not going to find them if you enjoyed this episode it's been a bit of a long one I hope you're relieved that we finally got to tell you about the Men in Black and I hope it was worth the wait. Especially for the rap. (laughs) Get us in the usual places, which Scott will reveal now. Yep. If you want to send us an email, give us recommendations of movies you want us to watch, tell us what you thought of the movies we've just discussed, what you think of the Men in Black, if you've got any conspiracy theories that you think we should investigate, or if you just want to tell us how awesome or shite we are, then uh, send emails to Scott and Liam versus Evil at hotmail.com. You can also get us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, Scott and Liam versus Evil. You can get us a Facebook group, which we recommend that you join and just start chatting away about your movies and conspiracies, and that's again Scott and Liam versus Evil. Uh, and you can also get us on Twitter at uh, Scott and Liam Versus. And don't forget to go on iTunes and subscribe, rate, comment about how great we are. Just 
fucking do something. You've just spent an hour listening to him, so go and <laughs> pay his back by being nice. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Peace!